Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Sean and the band. That was awesome. Sound like I'm getting a little feedback. You got me all right? Well, uh, it's wonderful to be speaking with you this morning. My name is David. I'm the liturgist here at the church, but it's my pleasure to be giving the message this morning. This message is about uh, a moment in the book of Luke. We've been following the book of Luke uh, as we follow the lectionary in the liturgical year uh, in this sermon series. And the title of the sermon comes from this passage in the fifth chapter of Luke, and it's called Into Deep Water. It's a moment when Jesus is going to tell to cast his nets into deep water. And so we're going to explore that call today of what it means to go into deep water. And when I first read this passage, that's the first thing that struck out to me. And I think it's because I have a lot of associations with deep water. Uh, Partly, as many of you probably do as well, I've grown up near the Pacific Ocean. I've grown up near deep water. I was born in San Clemente, California. A, down, a little beach town down the very southern tip of Orange County. Uh, right now, my family and I have the privilege and pleasure of living about 20 minutes down the road in Rancho Palos Verdes. And we live in a little apartment right on the very tip of the peninsula. Uh, and the wonderful thing it affords us is these amazing views of the ocean that's completely surrounding the peninsula. And one of the great gifts of the last few years living there has been a specific moment that I get to experience uh, often that happens right on Hawthorne Boulevard. And if any of you have driven over the hill in Palos Verdes, Palos Verdes has its big hill, uh, there's a moment coming down Hawthorne as you're coming over the, the top, you're coming down, where all of a sudden you get a glimpse of the ocean and then you take one turn and the entire vista of the sea opens up in front of you. And you're high up on that hill, so you see it just expanding, the expanse of the Pacific Ocean. And it's, to me, the most beautiful view in the world. Uh, and it's constantly changing. It's like, almost like a canvas God is continually painting on. Sometimes it's just an expanse of deep blue with the patterns of the tides creating different textures. Sometimes it's a bright blinding white as the late sun in the late afternoon just gleams off of the ocean. Sometimes it's a dancing golden sparkle in the sunset. Often it's darkened by clouds, but breaking through those clouds will be these shafts of sunlight upon the water. And sometimes it's nothing but just a thick mass of white fog and this kind of mystery. It's like living in some mystical land where the fog is covering everything. It's always beautiful, but it always tugs at my soul at this idea of the expanse of the deep, of this mysterious place that I get to gaze upon that is beautiful, but there's always this element of danger to it. This idea of being stranded out there in the deep, because it does get quite deep in that channel there. Uh, And I realize that I'm connecting to some ancient biblical treatments of the idea of the deep ocean. 
when our very first introduction to the ocean in the Bible is, uh, or the idea of deep water at least, is the second verse of the book of Genesis where it says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It was very common in uh, ancient Near East cultures that the sea was viewed as a place of wild chaos. And many of the cultures around the ancient Israelites viewed it as something to be avoided and at best something that the gods could conquer. But it's interesting to see in the book of Genesis that God's relationship, even at the very beginning with the deep, as it says in verse 2 of the first chapter of Genesis, was, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And we get this picture of how our God doesn't fear the deep, but instead he molds the deep waters on the earth. And Isaiah, it says, he's measured the waters in the hollow of his hands. And we're going to talk about today how he also molds and works within the deep waters in us. That we have deep waters in here that sometimes we're afraid to confront or wade into. And that was all ideas that were awakened to me as I read this other moment of going into deep waters that we see in the book of Luke. Peter alluded to it earlier in the service, but I'd like to read the full passage. So this is Luke chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 1. Let's read it together. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, so this is the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, so this is Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is probably a story you're familiar with. There are a lot of wonderful things happening in this moment. But as I read it, I started to see that the catalytic moment that allowed for this miracle to happen, for these lessons to happen, was when Jesus tells Peter to go into the deep water. That's when everything begins. And when I read that phrase, into deep water, and I think about Peter there being told to go, all my associations with the deep are awakened. The deep is the unknown. 
The deep is the uncontrollable. The deep is danger. And I think that to a certain degree, that's exactly why Jesus tells us to go into deep water. You see, I think that this is an invitation for all of us. It's happening with Jesus and Peter, but it's also a consistent call in our lives. Jesus is calling us to go into deep water with him, to go where our feet can't touch the bottom, where our relationship with God is no longer about our own control, but about our ability to trust in him. And that's one of the main things I want to consider with this idea of going into deep water. We know what the deep end of the pool is. The deep water is where our feet can't touch the ground. I know a lot about what that's like. And this, you, I'll connect you to why the deep is sometimes uh, intimidating for me. Uh, I had a fairly recent experience uh, going surfing. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we live in Rancho Palos Verdes, and we live really close to a very good surf spot, the Palos Verdes Cove, which some of you might have gone to before. And if you know anything about the Palos Verdes Cove, it's this bay, uh, and you have to paddle out pretty far through the waters of the bay to even get to the breaking waves. Uh, and I was out there one day, and it was a big surf day. And I had been surfing pretty consistently that summer. It always happens to me where I'll surf during the summer, then I'll start to get good and the school year starts and I become bad again. Uh, but I was pretty good at this point, and I'm like, I can go out on a six to eight foot day. Uh, uh, these are the size of the waves. They were pretty big and it was pumping. There was a good swell and I get out there and I find myself eventually in a place where surfers don't like to be. And that's where you're out deep enough where the big waves are breaking, but you realize you're not quite far out enough because here comes an outside set the biggest wave of the day, and you don't have enough time to paddle out and get over it. Uh, so I was paddling, I see an outside set coming up, and I realize this is gonna break on my head. Uh, and I made a choice that I regret to this day, which is I saw it, it broke, and I, I, I ride a long board, so I can't just duck dive under it. So I ditched my board and dove under the wave, putting all my faith in my leash tied to my leg which immediately broke, uh, which shows that it was a pretty powerful wave, uh, immediately broke, and that's where I found myself out all the way on the outside without a board in the middle of big surf in deep water. And my feet couldn't touch the ground. Now, it was a big day. The white water kept rolling. You know, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I've been surfing since I was a teenager. Uh, and I would dive under the, the white water. But you do that enough times, and you kind of realize that you can't hold your breath as long as you could have five minutes ago. Uh, and once again, this is where it comes into play that Palos Verdes Cove has a lot of water to swim through if you want to get back to the shore. And I was swimming, I was going under, and I'm starting to go, I'm having trouble holding my breath, and the waves keep coming. And that's when I tend to get a little melodramatic. And I go, this could be the end. Here I am. I think I was in much better shape than I thought. But I'm like, this is it. Uh, what am I going to do? But I was struggling to get back to that moment when I could get just far enough in that when I stuck my foot down, it would touch the rocks on the bottom. And then I knew I was okay. Because once I can get my foot down, I can start pushing off of it. 
I'm not floundering in the deep, but that's what it's like to be untethered to any help out in deep water. Well, why does Jesus want to have us go out into deep water? Well, we see that he's doing this to a certain degree with Peter. He wants to take him a little bit out farther where his feet can't touch the shore. It starts as soon as he gets into the boat. In verse 3, it says, He got into the boats, the one belonging to Simon Peter. You know he picked Peter's boat because he likes to mess with Peter. Uh, it's a consistent theme throughout the Bible. Uh, but Peter does pretty good here. Uh, and, he said, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. He says, hey, take this out a little bit more, Peter. And then as he's preaching, he says, put out into deep water. I want to take you further and let down your nets for a catch. And deep, Jesus is taking them further out from the shore where they had docked their boats. And to a certain degree, I see this as an important moment where he's taking them out a bit farther from their control. Uh, Simon answers him, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. From the commentaries, I learned that that's what you were supposed to do. And if you're fishing in the Sea of Galilee, it's better to fish at night. They've put, on, put in a hard night's work, come up empty, so what Jesus is asking them to do isn't good fishing advice. If they were to rely on their own knowledge, because Jesus was a carpenter, he's not a fisher, uh, but if they were to rely on their own knowledge, they'd say, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. But that's not what Simon Peter does. We see that he gives up his sense of control, and he says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And this is the catalytic moment where Peter says, I know that that's not what I would normally do, but because you said so, because going out into the deeper water is a place where I'm going with you, I'm going to do it. And we see what happens when you let Jesus take control. I think that the biggest thing that Jesus is trying to do is not to have him get more fish. I don't think Jesus is trying to show off uh, with this miracle. He wants to get these disciples to a point, will you go deeper with me? Will you let go of some of your control and follow me? And that's one of the greatest calls of the Christian life. We have a lot of ways that we rationalize our choices, that what we want to do is the best thing to do. But we learn that over and over again what this relationship with Jesus is, is about giving control over to him. Because to be in deep relationship with someone is learning to trust them. And that's what Jesus does. When I take you out into deep water, you can trust me. Number one, we learn that we can trust him to take care of us. That's the fish. He says, if, if I tell you, to go do this, there's a reason. The fish are there. You can trust me, and you can trust me in abundance. If we go where Jesus is asking us to go, he'll take care of us. And if we go into those deeper waters with Jesus in our own selves, we learn from this story that Jesus can be trusted to forgive us as well. You see, I think that there's an interesting moment when Peter sees the power 
of Jesus with this miracle, his immediate response is to fall on his knees in humility. He's been made vulnerable, laid bare by the power in front of him. And he says, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. You see, when we go deep, we become vulnerable. When I was out there without my board, I was vulnerable. And Peter is here too, laid bare in front of Jesus. But we see Jesus' response when he says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. When we are vulnerable in front of Jesus in the deep waters of relationship with him, he is merciful and he forgives us. And once we take that step, that's when we can become part of his mission. And our lives are given true purpose. See, the fish are just a sign. It's just a symbol of what Jesus can do. In fact, if you just follow the text, it seems once they say, yes, Jesus, the fishermen left everything and followed him. They left the fish. It wasn't about the fish. The fish were a symbol of what Jesus wanted to do with them, which is give them true purpose to their lives and make them part of his mission. The scholar Norval Geldenheis in his uh, commentary on this section talks about how this wasn't the first calling of the disciples. They were with Jesus at this point, but they're still fishermen. And he says this, from this it becomes clear that although they had followed Jesus at the first call, they did not yet follow him in a complete and unconditional manner. They were still, at least for part of the time, engaged in their trade as fishermen until the final choice was made to leave all and follow Jesus. And that's the choice to let go of the shore. In their case, it was our lives. We're fishermen. We know what we're doing. But they pushed off of that shore, and they went into deep water with Jesus. And we know what the deep water looks like. That's the story of the Gospels. They get into a lot of deep water with Jesus as the story continues. But we also know of Jesus' faithfulness and trustworthiness to them. That we can go deeper when we go with Jesus. And this is the path to deeper discipleship, and I think that there are some ways that we can view this as applicable in our own lives. Uh, one thing that occurred to me as I was reading this is even as we go deeper into this story, we're going deeper into the Word. And sometimes we have to abandon some of what we have control over when we read even the Scriptures. There are many things that we think we know about the Bible. But you know that there's something wrong going on once you have decided you are the master of the scriptures. Because there's deep water in the Bible. And going deeper sometimes means studying more, looking at what has been said about these complex, ancient scriptures. And sometimes that's dangerous territory. Because when our understandings and previous conceptions of reality are challenged, we're heading into intellectually deep waters. But we also know that if we hold on 
to Jesus while we do that, he'll be merciful and faithful to us. This happens with Peter. When Peter's called into deep water, he has to abandon his control of what he knows. He knows letting out the nets here doesn't make sense. But because you're with me, Jesus, I'll do it. I think we're called into deeper discipleship by going deeper into community. I think we see some of this in the story. We need the community of each other. Those disciples, when they went into deep water, went with Jesus, but they went together as well. Because when those fish start to fill up the boats, Peter signaled to his partners in the other boats to come help them. They went into deeper discipleship together. However, often our communal relationships can be deep water. We all know that. Becoming more intimately tied to others makes us more vulnerable. It's easier to stay by yourself, to stay with the people who agree with you on everything. You've discussed it and uh, you've all agreed. Uh, it's easier to stay on that shore where you know your feet can touch water or touch uh, ground than to go deeper into the community. Maybe people that you wouldn't have thought you'd be in community with before. But again, when we enter into those relationships, when we enter into that deep water of the community, we do it with Jesus. Because that's his mission for the church, for us to be together. And finally, another way that I see that we go deeper in this Christian life is going deeper into our personal relationship with God. In Proverbs chapter 20, it says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. At some point in our lives, we need to confront the deep-rooted, deep water within ourselves. And we need Jesus to go there with us. We see this with Peter in this story. Peter realizes as soon as he knows what he's up against, which is the powerful authority of Jesus, he gets down on his knees and he confesses his sins. And he learns that when he goes deep into his own sinful nature, Jesus will go there with him and will have mercy on him. And there's times in our lives where we have to think, is there sin that we're holding on to that's dragging us under the water? And when is it time to let go of it so that you can reach up, let go of the sin, and take hold of Jesus' hand and give him control over your life? Jesus doesn't want us just to go into deep water because it'll make you better, but because we need to learn how to navigate the deep. Because no matter what, we will find ourselves thrown into it, whether we like it or not. When I think of being thrown into the deep water, I often think about teaching my son, Hezzy, to swim. I've worked with him. Uh, he's now seven years old, over a couple summers, teaching him to swim. He's getting better. He can swim across the shallow end without touching the bottom. 
but he's still afraid to go under the water. And I want to make sure that if he ever falls in that deep end, he can swim. And Jesus wants to do the same thing with us. We need to know how to navigate the depths of life, crisis, whether that's personal, communal, theological. We need to know how to navigate those deep waters. And he's showing us the pattern in this story. And the pattern is this. You go out into the deep water when I am with you. And when you do that, you'll be okay. I want to close by looking at what I think is almost the logical extension of this story with Peter and Jesus when Peter calls him out or when Jesus calls Peter out to deep water. And this happens in Matthew chapter 14. It's another story of the disciples and Jesus by the Sea of Galilee. And it begins in verse 22. After Jesus had started or had been preaching to the crowd, it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Do we see the lesson Peter learned from before? If we remember the way he responded to Jesus, he said, But because you say so, I'll go into the deep water and let out those nets. And here we have him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to go out to that deep water and I'll do it. Come, Jesus replies. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. We know what's coming next, but I like to pause there. How many people in the Bible, and I'm doing this for Pastor Peter for his namesake, so he can tell a nice sermon about King David sometime soon. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes King David needs a nice sermon about him. Uh, but... Uh, How many people walk on the water in the Bible? Now, someone's going to tell me there's somebody that does it in the book of Leviticus that I forgot. But as far as I know, too, Jesus, we know. But Peter did it, too. Yes, he started to sink, uh, but it's still pretty impressive that he walked on the water. I think we should give Peter credit for that. None of the other disciples did it. Uh, and when he saw the wind, Peter was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. That's another lesson Peter does know, though. When we do sink in that deep water, we can call out to Jesus to save us. And what happens? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? We see that pattern. You can go out into deep water if Jesus is with you. And he'll always be there to pull us back up. And this is a great invitation to us. 
to follow Jesus into the deep water, knowing that he can, we can do great things as long as we keep our eyes focused on him and know that he's in control. And we have a few things we can do even this Sunday to start going into that deep water. We have tacos after the service. <laughs> there before you is the deep water of community. If only the path to deep water was you know, led by free tacos every time. Uh, we're, we're making it easy for you. Uh, but we're also going to have a moment where we can spend some time in the deep waters with Jesus as we have communion together. Because at that time, we'll be once again confronted with the memory and the realization of the power and authority of Jesus in our lives. We'll be able to spend time with God and invite him into the depth of our natures, into our own souls, even if there's sin there. When I'm doing the liturgy on days where we have communion, I like to do a morning prayer that's a prayer of confession. And so that's how I'd like to conclude the message today. Because this is an opportunity to go into the deep water, the deep water of our own sinfulness, knowing that we're not defined by that deep water, that God is not afraid of it, but God works with it and molds it, just like the book of Genesis tells us. So when we read this prayer of confession, I believe we'll have it up on the slides. Possibly, there we go. When we read this together, I invite you to read it. And this is an invitation not to shame, but to go into the deep water and to let go. To say, Jesus, I don't need to carry this burden. I give it to you. I don't need to be in control. I hand my life over to you. And we know from these stories how Jesus responds to that. He reaches out his hand and he catches us. So let's read this prayer together. Spend a minute in silence with the Lord, and then I'll close us. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses, and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Let's spend a moment quietly with our Heavenly Father.
Lord Jesus, even now, in our time alone with you, I pray that anyone here that's stepping off that shore, going where their feet can't touch the bottom, that here and now your Holy Spirit would find them there, would feel the clasp of your hand, and know that there is no depth too deep for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we come before you with our sins, you forgive us and you bring us closer to you in your embrace. And we know we are assured pardon. And we know, as Paul said in the book of Romans, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.